Blog Talk Radio. More live fantasy sports radio than anyone on the planet. Seven continuous hours of football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus seven hours of game day frenzy on Sunday. 30 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Like Craig Davis of FantasyFootball.com. The Audible Cecil Lanning. Paul Greco of Melnick and Greco Fantasy Sports. And the fantasy football guys Lyle Cockiel and Kevin Moore. The Fantasy Sports Channel. Only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Mike, I got to do it, buddy. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Good evening. Welcome to Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio. Wherever you may be, thanks for making us part of your night. Hey, we have a big show tonight. Uh, Lou Tranquilli from BFD Fantasy is going to join us in about 10 minutes' time. Uh, we we want to give Lou as much time as possible because he has agreed 
to give uh, our listeners at Red vs. Blue a sneak peek at his uh, now infamous coaching tree. Mike, it's worth the price of uh, admission alone here. Uh, the coaching tree breaks down every single team from a coaching uh, perspective, the history of the coach, where they come from, what they've done in the past, offensive line, offensive strategy and philosophy, and it breaks down every position. Uh, as always, the Red vs. Blue crew is here, and I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, who is on absolute fire. If you guys are watching, I hope so. Uh, we've been posting them on the board for you. You can have your leagues paid for if you listen to Mike, Michael Trent. Mike, you're 17-2, and two, buddy. Yeah. We, uh, we, called a, uh, we called a three-unit play today uh, on, the, on the over with uh, Oakland and Cleveland. Uh, it's a kind of a obscure play, but uh, went ahead and nailed it. So, uh, as a matter of fact, we nailed about the fourth inning. Those are the type that you love. At the fourth inning, done, finished, and uh, it's time to research and go on to the next game. But uh, it's it's been kind of fun, and but I'm looking forward to uh, uh, listening to Lou. And uh, I I like to uh, you know in the next uh, 15 minutes, Scott, just kind of go over the uh, AFFL, uh, the interview you had with those guys last week. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was totally outstanding. I thought it was first class. Uh, they handled it great. You handled it great. And uh, But there's still some unanswered questions, uh, in my opinion. So, uh, But anyway, to move forward, uh, I love the Jimi Hendrix uh, intro. Uh, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I tell you what, it's fitting and uh, – Happy Fourth to everybody. Uh, we're going to cross into the midnight hour, and it will be uh, an official Independence Day. And, uh, man, I'll tell you what, we've got a lot to be thankful for. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that interview last week, AFFL, uh, just to touch on it real quick with Bob and Wade, uh, I enjoyed having them on. I'm glad they came on and faced some of the heat, some of the tough questions. We've been wanting to vent and get a little bit more information about how that went down. And, and we kind of see how it worked out with Neil um, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, money's not going to kneel. And, and there's still some questions how that all transpired. But bottom line is they faced the, and answered the questions uh, about as best they could. There, were, there was one occasion where I thought that Wade uh, could have been a little more forthcoming. But it was some tough questions. So, um, you know, I thought they did an okay job. And, uh, you know, it got a little bit off my chest. <laughs> I've been wanting to do that for a while, Mike. You gave him a couple of breathers. And, and I encourage everybody to go back and listen to the archive. For that interview, uh, they granted us an exclusive one-time interview over the airways for our Red versus Blue listeners. Uh, obviously, our crew is uh, our primarily high-stakes players. We have we have people coming from all all directions of the learning curve uh, from beginning, uh, but most of our guys are vets, and uh, I think they wanted to they wanted to air some of that out. And you know, I think where where everybody kind of got hung up was the fact that there 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 was that uh, indemnification of Neil's debt when you signed up and took that free entry into their contest to pay off your uh, your prizes owed, which was, you know, a, a nice gesture on their part, uh, you were signing off on the debt that, that uh, Neil owed you. Um, and that was the part that really was a stickler for everybody, and they wanted to know, did Neil profit from that? Did, did you guys profit and buy that debt for 20 cents on the dollar? Tony Sincata came on and asked some tough questions last week. Thanks for, for coming on, Tony. But, uh, you know, so anyway, the AFSL interview was good. I want to move on to this week. Uh, on red versus blue. Our phone number is 347-324-5404. The lines are already lighting up. Uh, but we've got just a, a framework here that we've got to work with. So I apologize. Hang on there for us. Uh, 
Uh, Lou will be joining us at about 11.15. We're going to be breaking down a couple of teams, uh, and he's uh, we're, we're in communication with him a, a, as we speak. Um, well, Scott, but, just, uh, just you might kind of interject what, uh, what Lou's getting ready to talk about, the, the coaching tree. Uh, that's something that, to be honest with you, I've never heard of. And uh, when you uh, when you talked about it and uh, you know kind of promote it uh, earlier this morning, uh, this this ought to be very interesting because in, in so many drafts you're thinking about well who should you draft? Uh, well, I like this guy, I like this wide receiver, I like this running back, but under his uh, under his system it might be a little bit different because you may like him, but under a certain coach, you may not like him. And this ought to be very good for listeners, and I hope they uh, hope they take heed to what he's got to say. Well, it will be. And so we have a few more minutes here. I want to touch on this red versus blue big payback draft that we're doing um, in a team working partnership with the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFTC, Dave and Alex. Uh, the big payback league is almost paid in full, the 12 participants. If you haven't heard about this, this is the second of our live commentary play-by-play drafts where we will be uh, live with the draft picks and the draft board. So you'll have the chat room and the draft board live. It was a blast, an absolute blast the last time we did this. We're going to do another one and possibly a third. There may be an announcement on on that, so stay tuned. But uh, for this second one, it's a big payback. It's a seat at the big payback league, which is a $5,000 entry fee, Mike. And so somebody is going to be be sitting there, uh, and they paid $500 to enter this league. Uh, Somebody's going to be sitting there at the Big Payback League next year uh, with a $500 entry fee. That draft is on August 21st, so set your calendars. Go ahead and pick up your phone and add the calendar button August 21st for that uh, for that show. You will not want to miss that. Meanwhile, uh, Mike, I'm kind of coming around on the number one draft pick this year, and this might sound a little crazy, but I want somebody to call in, and any time of the show I will break in and, and answer this for you uh, or, or just debate it with me. I've got a I've got a player that's creeping up my draft board, and I want to hear I want to hear the knock, um, the the legitimate knock on this player uh, that uh, is creeping up my draft board, Mike. I don't know if I'm taking number one or maybe even number two or three, but he's he's climbing, and that's Chris Johnson from Tennessee. Mike, I know you're high on him. What do you think yep. about somebody that goes out on a limb and takes a Chris Johnson uh, in the top three? Well, what's the difference between uh, taking Chris Johnson at, say, 1-2 versus uh, maybe a, a Frank Gore or somebody else uh, down the ladder? Uh, the way I see the draft right now, there's not that much difference between a 1-1, one, 1-2, one, one, and a 1-8 or 9. So yeah. I'm not saying that uh, Chris Johnson, I think he's a good pick. I, I mean, I think he's a great pick. Uh, the draft this year is going to be won by your uh, third, fourth, and fifth round, as we talked about. So uh, are you going out on a limb? Yeah, maybe a little bit, uh, not taking uh, Adrian Peterson or, or whatnot. But uh, but still, uh, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Get the Chris Johnson. If you love the Chris Johnson, take him. You got him. I mean, he's solidified, and then you can go from there. Well, look at his stats, Mike. In just 15 games, 250 carries, 1,200 yards, averaging five yards a carry with nine touchdowns. He was he was scoring even though Lendale White's in there uh, getting the end zone, the goal line looks. Chris Johnson was getting well, goal line looks. And what's his yards was, per carry, Scott? It's like five yards a carry. Exactly. Yeah. Explosive. 
explosive. The guy is explosive, and uh, that's who you want on your team. You don't want a guy that's getting uh, three and a half, four yards per carry. You want a guy that's that can be explosive, and uh, that that type of back uh, will get you uh, get you touchdowns uh, in a heartbeat. Yeah, and I haven't broke down the strength of schedule. I think we ought to do that on one of these shows. I'm not real sure about how strength of schedule is going to play out. I mean, you know, he has to play uh, Indianapolis, which is which is thankful. Last year, last year Tennessee had to play Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Uh, you know, Baltimore twice. They had to go Minnesota. through that division. Yeah, they had to play Minnesota. I mean, those are some tough defense. Chicago. Um, you know, there's some tough games there, and, and he still held his own. 62 targets, so in a point per reception league, you're really getting a nice player here. Nobody debates that, but how high can you take Chris Johnson is the question. Can you take him number one over AD and MJD? Can you take him number three? I think three, you can say yes safely. Uh, number one or two, you've got the youth experience, and you have the injury history just, you know, going out in that game in the playoffs. It just kind of, you know, there's a little question mark there, but you know what, AD – has, has been dinged up, and he fumbles a lot. MJD went out last year, so these, these backs are not going to be perfect, and, and they're definitely susceptible. Well, another, th- another thing, Scott, uh, do you buy the fact that uh, Lindell White has uh, dropped a lot of weight? Uh, do you buy the fact that uh, he may be uh, a goal line carrier? I mean, I, I know that uh, Chris Johnson, you know, he can he can bust him. He can bust him for 50 yards. But yeah. when it comes down to uh, inside the 10, Fifteen uh, as Lindell White is he is he thin enough and bulk enough to get into the end zone to where they may give him the carries? Yeah, three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number, guys. Feel free to call in. We are streaming on the channel dot com. Uh, we stream live there, and also you can check out our podcast at Red at uh, Blog Talk Radio slash Red versus Blue. Uh, we have all of our shows archived there. You can download them to your iPod or your MP3 player. Uh, right through iTunes, subscribe with a real quick uh, click of the button. Uh, you can subscribe right to your iPod, and uh, that'll take care of it. We've got the RSS feeds as well. If you like to listen to it on your browser, there's just all kinds of ways that this show is out there. Uh, Mike, a uh, little bit of news. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, uh, they're, they're sealing this guy up in Philadelphia. Four-year deal. That's official. He's in the books. He's, uh, he's looking good, and that's an insurance policy for Brian Westbrook. I've always liked McCoy. I'm a Big East fan, obviously, watching Louisville and uh, seeing what he did all throughout the season. He's a little bit of a smallest back, but this guy is explosive, and he fits into that offense. And Lou might be able to tell us a little bit how a rookie running back will fit into that offense. Obviously a little bit easier than a wide receiver, I would suspect, uh, knowing Andy Reid. But uh, McCoy's looking good, man. Uh, four-year deal. It's in the books. And, and is he the future running back of the Eagles? Everybody wants to know. Well, another thing is uh, Brian Westbrook loves him. He, he loves the kid. He's like, uh, you know, this is the type of this type of back. This is the type of uh, guy that I want to I want to teach and show uh, how to do it, how to get things done the right way. And uh, so, you know, I think Lashawn McCoy is going to be uh, outstanding back for Philly. Uh, they won't boo him, hopefully not. But uh, it uh, it looks like a great fit. And uh, one thing about it is Brian Westbrook is just uh, he's, he's taking the high road and saying, this is what I need to do, and I'm going to show this kid how to do it the right way, whether they like it or not. But uh, you, brought up, uh, you brought up something just a second ago, uh, Andy Reid. Andy Reid is the X factor. He's a great coach, and I think Andy Reid will help, uh, help Brian Westbrook to help McCoy 
make the transition into being a rookie and then furthermore? Well, and, and Lou will be on again to break down uh, some of these teams. Maybe Philadelphia will be in that mix. Guys, it's in the chat room. Uh, we've got all the regulars here tonight, uh, the Red versus Blue crew. We're always thankful for you guys showing up. Uh, Brian Moore is with us this week. Uh, welcome, Brian. We've got War Kitten, Prognosticator, Sports Betting Man, Lance. We've got Show, Steve Carter, Red Rum. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Peasy's in the house. Uh, all the uh, Coyote Streakers, Mike Santos. We've got so many big names in high stakes fantasy football that join our show. I'm just thankful for you guys. And, uh, hey, tomorrow, you eat your hot dogs. You got your desserts. Uh, you're going to have uh, just a lot of fun tomorrow, and um, we're, we're, we're thankful for the country that we live in. Uh, Ronnie Brown, Mike, Ronnie Brown looks good, and in this Wildcat, you got to expect that Ricky Williams is going to be phased out more and more as the time goes by, and there's really nobody else there for carries, is there? So Ronnie Brown should be more of a factor in that, uh, in that Miami offense this year. Well, you know, one would think so, but uh, it got old as the year went along last year. Um, yeah. I believe in Ronnie Brown, uh, but the the Wildcat offense, uh, <clears throat> let's face it, other teams started to use it, and as the year went along, it's it's just like anything else. You make adjustments, and it's like next thing you know, it's a it's a three yard loss or what have you. Um, I was I was kind of sold on the Wildcat offense, but I'm sold on it for a while. You know, if if it carries over for two three years. And if it's effective for two or three years in, in spurts, yeah, I, I'm a buyer. Uh, but right now, I'm not a buyer in it, and I'm not a buyer on Ronnie Brown, to be quite honest with you, Scott, because, you know, it's a gimmick, and other teams use it, but yeah. other defenses adjusted to it. I'm telling you, you guys are going to be so excited to get the, your hands on this coaching tree. It is filled with so many nuggets and so many gems. Lou at bfdfantasy.com has done a fantastic job with this thing. I'm just blown away. I'm sitting here talking about Ronnie Brown. I look down, and, and I know Lou probably doesn't want me to do this, but I see a stat right here. I'm going to give it out. Six uh, Miami Dolphins were sixth in running back receptions. Okay. That's just something that you know. That's a part of the offense. That, that check down, that dump pass, you can count on that being there. In a point for reception league, Miami backs, if there's not anybody else there with Ronnie to compete, which – like I said, I think my, my, my gut tells me Ricky's kind of seen his last days, and he's not going to get more carries than last year. I would expect he gets less. So that means more time for, uh, for Ronnie Brown. And I'm telling you, each team is just jam-packed with information, and he, I, I'm just thankful that he's going to reveal just a little bit for our listeners that are so loyal and faithful to us. Uh, we have him here. Let's make sure we have a good, clean connection for Mr. Lou Tranquilli. Lou, can you hear me? Gentlemen, I can hear you just fine. Sounds great. All right. Well, Lou, you're coming in loud and clear, buddy. It's good to hear your voice. Thanks for joining us. And uh, I don't know, have you, you, you you've met Mike before? Have you met him in a real person live, or, or have you just heard him on the show? Mike and I have only had the pleasure of talking on the show once last year when you first came on the Fantasy Sports Channel. Uh, other than that, we haven't met yet, but I'm sure the time is coming soon. I, I would love it, Lou, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, – I can't wait to uh, hear about the coaching tree because when Scott was uh, telling me about it, I was like, the coaching tree? What the heck is that? So uh, I, I'm really looking forward to uh, hearing about uh, hearing about the way you go about that. That, that sounds fun. I'm looking forward to sharing it with uh, you and the listeners. I see the chat room uh, loaded up. It looks great. And uh, you guys ask away, and, I, and, and I'm just looking to talk fantasy football, man. 
Well, we do have oh. we do have a loyal crew, man, and uh, we're hoping to get Mike out in Vegas this year. He's still trying to coordinate his travel. He has a lot of things he does throughout the year, a lot of travel, and I, we want to get Mike out there in Vegas. So I think his his better half is nudging him there for that direction. He always goes to Chicago with me, and and we travel up there and make that a nice long weekend um, to, uh, to to draft in the NFFC, and we are going to do both those drafts this year, uh, seeing as how Dave uh, took advantage of that 12-teamer. Okay. But we uh, we're, we're going to be up there, and then you know hopefully we can get him out there, and then uh, you guys can make that connection. Well, I would lo- I would love that. The closer it gets, Scott, the, the more I the more I mention. I mean, let's face it, this is uh, July fourth, and uh, it's right around the corner. And yeah, Rachel's been uh, nudging like, "Come on, let's do it, let's do it." <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Well, and just for everybody, you know, most of our listeners that are here in the chat room know about Lou and BFD Fantasy, but we get a lot of archive listens and a lot of downloads. So the coaching tree is just one one tool you give to your subscribers. Uh, so talk a little bit about the product and what BFD Fantasy offers. I appreciate the opportunity to do that. Well, it's a, uh, a full-service fantasy football website, if you will, which <laughs> sounds so cheesy. I just hate to started off that way, but I started it six years ago, and as you guys know, I play in uh, many of the high-stakes events. I've had uh, I've had good success at them, and uh, I've won leagues, and I, I think every single one I've been in throughout the years, uh, multiple leagues in, in more than one of them, as a matter of fact, so I like to come at fantasy football uh, for an advice site uh, as a player, you know, not just as someone sitting up, if you will, on a perch, giving out a million different stats and trying to say, do it this way. I practice what I preach. Uh, I, like I said, I play against uh, subscribers. Uh, I'm drafting the league right now with a couple of them, and I, I just try to approach the advice uh, uh, dispersing, if you will, as a, uh, as a player. And also, um, the, my background is I've worked, uh, I've been a financial advisor for 17 years, and I've worked with, uh, I've had as many as 12 NFL clients, NFL football players as wow. clients at the time, so it really has given me a, a great insight into fantasy football. And uh, actually, quick story, at, at the World Championship of Fantasy Football, O.J. Anderson was there a, a year or two ago. Uh, I came in the room, and I happened to be good friends with him, and he says uh, he says to a couple of people, you know why this guy knows what he's doing? Because he knows me. So, you know, busting my chops a little bit, but it is true. The, the players are a, a great resource to talk to, and, and I guess kind of have that in uh, in my back pocket that, you just get to hear and see things from a from a different vantage vantage point for fantasy football, and I, I love adding that into uh, into BFD fantasy football. Well, Lou, uh, you, you know your 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 success speaks for itself, and I'll never forget the uh, the first WCFF year. I go into the ESPN zone, and and there's the jersey on the back, three and boy. Uh, that that was when. Uh, I said, okay, these guys came to play. <laughs> they, they, uh, they've got the persona on the message board. They come into Vegas, and so the next year, I kind of did the same thing. I, I copied you. Okay, I was the copycat. You were the, uh, you were the original. But I appreciate. Hey, I actually carried a helmet to that draft with the three <laughs> INC play logo as well. <laughs> well, look, we're, we are wasting way too much time on this love and stuff. We've got 40 minutes left. I want to start off with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, this is a team that uh, has a new quarterback in town, new coaching staff. And uh, let's talk about this coaching tree. What does the coaching tree offer to people who want to know about Kansas City? Sure. Uh, well, I, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll just give a quick uh, background on the coaching tree. Again, uh, having worked with the players and 
and seeing what impact uh, you know coaches obviously have on them day to day, it kind of led to, to putting this whole article together about fantasy football as applied to the coaches and their history and, and try to figure out, you know, so many times as fantasy football players, we start with the stats and, and end with the stats. Well, the stats come from someplace. They don't, they're not just, you know, arbitrary, if you will. Uh, NFL offensive coordinators get their job because they're good at maybe being a quarterback coach or a running back coach whatever it might be, a head coach and then drop down offensive coordinator. So, you know, they've got a, a reason that they've got the job yeah. in the first place. And the coaching tree is really supposed to give us, you know, open our eyes to these uh, these potential uh, stats that are out there if we just pay attention to what a coach's history is. And yeah, that's really what it's out of. Yeah, and, I'll, and it is, it's a, a history of a head coach and an offensive coordinator together. So to answer your question, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, I'll start with Chan Gailey. He's the offensive coordinator, and he has got one of the more remarkable uh, lineages, if you will. Uh, I, I don't know if that's exactly a word, but uh, uh, as a coach. But uh, he can actually, I guess, tie himself back to uh, Bill Parcells, uh, Bear Bryant, and Tom Landry through the coaches that he's he's been a, a part of. And, and what that means to fantasy football players is really this. He, you know, many people were surprised that Tyler Thigpen had such a good year last year running that spread offense. Well, Chan Gailey dates back to the Dallas Cowboy days uh, through Dan Reeves, who he coached for in Denver. Uh, he goes all the way back to the, the, the uh, Drew Pearson, Preston Pearson, and uh, Drew Hill days of the Cowboys. So, you know, right I mean, go way, way back, and this guy has got passing in his blood. Then you get Dan Reeves becomes the head coach in Denver, brings Gailey into their uh, their coaching staff as offensive coordinator, and you end up with the three amigos, if you remember those guys, uh, with John Elway throwing the ball all over the place. Sure. So, uh, the Throwing the football is in Chan Gailey's blood. Uh, so the, the guy wants to do it. He was a good head coach as the, as the Dallas uh, Cowboys head coach, and they had some – solid offensive years, uh, great players. Everyone wants to just look at the players as great, which they, of course, are uh, in those Dallas years with Aikman in them. But the bottom line is uh, the coach has got to put them in a position to succeed. And Gailey has done it time and again as an uh, offensive coordinator. So I expect them to spread the ball out uh, uh, without question. And then when you pile a Todd Haley, who comes over from Arizona the last couple of years, on top of it, and he goes back to Bill Parcells. That's how they kind of mesh together in their coaching tree history. Uh, Haley loves to throw the football. He was the he was the passing game coordinator in Dallas for Bill Parcells. And, of course, you've seen what the uh, Arizona Cardinals have done the last couple of years, taking advantage of Bolden and Fitzgerald and, finally, Kurt Warner. It uh, looks like the Matt Liner experience is, uh, is ending uh, or has ended, at least for the time being. So yeah. uh, these guys love to throw the football around. So, so based on what you're saying uh, with uh, Chan Gailey and things at uh, Kansas City, uh, this could be a, really a breakout year. Uh, not, I wouldn't say breakout year, but uh, even a, a bigger than big year for uh, Dwayne Bowe uh, with Matt Castle being there. Without question, I think it's a big, a big opportunity for Castle. Uh, Dwayne Bowe, obviously. Uh, you know, they traded 
Tony Gonzalez, which seems insane when you say, well, they're going to throw the football all over the place, uh, in, in both Haley and uh, uh, Gailey's uh, history, they really haven't utilized the tight end except when they were down in Dallas or when uh, Todd Haley was down in Dallas. Of course, you had Jason Witten, so you just can't ignore the guy. Uh, he's that good. But, yes, I, I would expect a career year out of Dwayne Bowe, and I wouldn't expect much of a drop-off out of Matt Castle. Uh, I think wow. he's going to be – Throwing the football around a lot this year. They're going to be behind a lot. You know that, right? <laughs> Excellent point. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and a guy that slipped in there as a free agent that I don't think has uh, received enough uh, uh, notoriety is Bobby Ingram's down there as the number three wide receiver. And I know he's old, but the bottom line is uh, you look at his last couple Seattle years, and they were pretty effective when he had a good quarterback uh, playing playing uh, for the Seahawks. So I expect him to, to spread it out big time. That guy's got to be old, I'll tell you. And he is—he is, he is a, a forgotten guy in that in that offense. I, I haven't uh, given him a second thought in these in these longer drafts, even. So, uh, well, what, that's good stuff. So, and Gonzo is gone. I don't know. Is, is there any tendencies there that may be uh, revealed? Is, is the tight end going to be part of this offense? I don't even know. It's Brad, it's Brad Cottom, right? So, I mean, it's, obviously he's no, no Gonzalez. So, I wouldn't expect the uh, tight end to be any part of the offense. Actually, what I would expect is. Uh, Jamal Charles out of the backfield is a really versatile guy, and you yeah. know uh, uh, they Haley likes versatile guys at the running back position, having come off the uh, Bill Parcells coaching tree, and and Gailey uh, being part of all those Denver teams, equally interested in using the running backs for pass catching. So uh, I would expect uh, I would expect you to see Jamal Charles be a forty catch guy this year. Uh, with Larry uh, Johnson being the first and second down running back. So I think the tight end production moves to the third wide receiver, which at this point is uh, is, guy, is Bobby Ingram, and then also it will move over to a guy like uh, Jamal Charles coming out of the backfield. So if you're in a point-per-reception league, I, I've got to believe uh, Jamal Charles is a really, really valuable uh, uh, running back for you to uh, to take a hard look at. Well, and I'm looking at this coaching tree. This thing is 22 pages long. It's not longer. I I, I just printed up. Yeah, I, I printed up the whole thing. And and, and looking at um, at Kansas City here, it says they're 26th in yardage, and, it, and that just kind of surprises me because I would I would have thought I would have guessed much higher, being that they're behind all year. And and Big Ben, I could have swore had some big games there. And did they just have some? They must have just had some miserable games. But Gonzo got his, and Bo got his. So. 26 in yards just really surprises me. I, this is the kind of stuff I need, is that, you know, that snapshot, because I would have I thought they were a little bit better than that. Well, and, and, and you know, the bottom line on, on the uh, the Chiefs' offense last year is that Herm Edwards spent most of the year scratching his head talking about how he just didn't want the offense to screw up. Yeah. Uh, that's Herm. Whereas, one, that's Herm. Once, once he turned it over to Gailey, you started to see those, Really impressive games that were coming out of them, and uh, and yeah, they they were very effective as an offense for a number of weeks. It just uh, uh, it just took a while for Herm basically to get the heck out of the way and let Gailey right. run off. Yeah, they that, really did. that exact that exactly sums up the only possible answer. Herm Edwards was was what was in the way of that passing offense, and every time they did let him go. Uh, I mean, you had some big, big games at a, at a big pen for, for for all names, I mean, to be having it. And, 
I mean, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Bo's going to have one heck of a season. Let, let's move on. That, that's just a glimpse of what's there. There's a ton more content in that breakdown of the Chiefs that we could get into, but we're kind of pressed for time. Let's move, on to another, let's move on to another team where we've got a lot of changes going on. We've got Hushman Zada in the fold here, the Seattle Seahawks. I think that's a team that people are trying to get a feel for what, what direction is this going to go. Is this going to be a, a, a ground game, or, or are they going to let Hasselbeck try to air it out for another year or two here? So talk about Seattle. Sure. Uh, well, I think you're going to see Matt Hasselbeck fall to uh, a, a quarterback two in, in fantasy football now. As good as he's been under Mike Holmgren, Holmgren was, uh, was a guy literally, uh, you know, closest to Bill Walsh, Walsh, as close to Bill Walsh on the coaching tree as you can possibly be uh, without actually having, uh, you know, been, one, say, Sam Weich, his, his offensive coordinator for a while. Uh, Holmgren was a pass first to set up the run West Coast offense guy, whereas Greg Knapp, who's the, uh, who's the offensive coordinator now, uh, and Jim Mora as a head coach, they worked in San Francisco as part of George Seifert's offense, and they were more of a run team, even with Steve Young, believe it or not. They, they, and Young was fantastic for fantasy football, but they really were running guys. Now, uh, I guess I'll start with, you know, I started with Hasselbeck, so I'll, I'll continue on there. Uh, the, the, uh, the years that Mora and Knapp were in Atlanta, they, they had – Mike Vick playing quarterback. They desperately tried to make the guy good. They couldn't do it. He just wasn't he wasn't a good enough quarterback. Uh, right. But with that said, they they did manage to get they made Alvin Trumper a household name basically. Uh, they they did try to get the ball. Roddy White was a draft pick while they were down there, so they were thinking wide receivers. Uh, so I, I do though think Hasselbeck falls back to quarterback two status because for three consecutive years. Uh, the uh, Atlanta Falcons led the league in rushing. So you've got to expect with the zone-blocking scheme that uh, that they run, uh, that these two guys favor, that they're, they're going to continue on trying to run the football with uh, Julius Jones, T.J. Duckett, who had, uh, I believe it was 27 touchdowns in the three years these guys were in, in uh, Atlanta, and then, uh, you know, some of the other running backs basically mixed in and out of Seattle. And you've got, you've got guys in the chat room. Lance, for one, talking about John Carlson. What's it mean for him? It's uh, a great question. Actually, uh, uh, I, I, I want to share some of BFDFantasyFootball.com with, with people. Carlson's a guy that we have in our top seven uh, tight ends this year. We think he, uh, he absolutely erupts. First of all, he's talented. Last year, he was pretty good at times. This year, you've got Greg Knapp, who loves throwing the football to the uh, – to the tight end, his history again with Algie Crumpler, uh, and then last year's history was with Zach Miller out in Oakland. And if they could have gotten any of uh, uh, of their few touchdowns they scored to Zach Miller, he would have been in the top six. He only had one touchdown last year, but he was up over the 50 catch mark, uh, good yardage numbers. So I think it translates over to Carlson beautifully in uh, in 2009. And I, like I said, we, we've got them in our top seven tight ends. The schedule's favorable for the Seahawks, and, uh, and the tight end is really the primary receiver in this offense. Let me ask you a question, Lou. How, how, uh, how confident is uh, Seattle in T.J. Husmanzada being the number one? I, because I'm having a hard time seeing T.J. Husmanzada as uh, number one wide receiver. So, is, I mean, 
I guess I'm. He's been the number one for five years. He, he's been the number one. Oh yeah. You In want my to book, answer? He has. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Husnzada uh, is a guy that uh, I, I we like just because you know. Uh, again, going back to history here, you get guys like a Derek Mason, the, who's a great example from last year. Had a great year. Uh, a guy like Derek Mason is a professional wide receiver. The guy, he does his job. He learns the offense. He goes from, you know, years and years in uh, Tennessee to uh, doing a great job in Baltimore, even with a rookie quarterback. I think Kushmanzada is that same kind of player. But I'm talking about the coaching tree. And what it says to me with Kushmanzada is he's going to be very good from a catch standpoint. He will catch a lot of passes. Touchdowns. I think they're going to the running backs, and they're going to the uh, to the uh, tight end in this offense. So it's exactly right. So, and the other part of Hushmanzada's game that these two coaches will take advantage of is the fact that he will block for running backs, and they want to run the football. That, that's you know that's that's their uh, first goal is running the football. And Hushmanzada's a guy who's very good at doing it, and uh, and I think they're going to take advantage of that talent that he's got there. So. I think the numbers in the end will be they'll be right up around that 85 catch range, uh, but I don't think the tight, the uh, touchdowns will be as, as much uh, or, or as uh, available as they would be in say Cincinnati where he came from. No, he moves the chains. That's what this guy does. He he, he showed us that for for years in Cincinnati. He moves the chains. Six seven yards turnaround curl. I mean he, that, that's the guy. Um, sure. It's, it's, be- it's better when you don't have a running game. You go. You rely on Husmanzada, and, and I think they're going to be in that same boat uh, as well. Hey, we've got a caller, Lou. You want you want to open this up? I'd be glad to. All right, two one two. You're on the air with Lou Tranquilly. Guys, how are you? This is Alex. Alex. Hey, Alex? hey how you doing? This is a great, great show, and um, and I, I really I wanted to call in and chime in on. Uh, on BFD and the coaching tree. Sure. Um, the the thing that you know, and, and I'm not I'm not calling to pimp BFD. I, um, I I really I felt like I felt obligated as a subscriber to BFD of of uh, I believe the last three years, and then three years prior I was uh, a freeloader. Um, the last three years I've been subscribing. Is that correct, Lou? I I yes. <laughs> <laughs> But, but that's why we have databases. Yeah. <laughs> but it, besides that, uh, Lou and I, we, we've been friends and we've been draft buddies kind of uh, for the last, uh, you know, three, four years. Uh, anyone who doesn't know what a draft buddy is, it's uh, a couple of guys who talk a lot about drafting. <laughs> BSing about, yeah, picking yeah. fantasy football. But love driving our wives crazy that's talking right. about this stuff. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I want everybody to understand, and, you know, a lot of people who are listening here are, are mostly – kind of like us, and, and, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. We've been studying our ass off. We know everything there is to know. You know, this coaching, uh, not just the coaching tree, but just the idea of coaching and how it applies to fantasy football and how it applies to our rankings and to to player evaluation is so important. And I'm still trying to kind of grasp the, you know, how to apply this knowledge. Uh, that actually the coaching tree is, is supplying me um, because at the same, you know, while you you can't totally go by the coaching tree, at the same time you can't dismiss it. 
and uh, you have to somehow incorporate it into your rankings, into your play evaluation when you look at talent, when you look at uh, you know what what uh, players have done in the past, and and that's the great thing about it is it, it adds this uh, aspect uh, to your evaluation of fantasy football that if you haven't done it before, it's going to give you a whole new uh, way of uh, it's going to allow you to look at it in a whole new way as I have been the last few years since Lou's been writing. Uh, this coaching tree, I think he's been doing it for how long? Have you been doing it for a couple of years oh, this now. Is, yeah, this is on uh, four years now. The coaching tree. Four years. And by the way, this is the best one. I I, I I talked to Lou the other day, and I told him that the great thing about this coaching tree, that the reason why it's better than the previous ones, is because as you go through every single team and every single, Lou does a great job of describing um, uh, the history of the coaches. But the great thing that he does is, after he describes the history, he really talks about how the coaching style will affect the, the system, how the coaching system will affect the players. And, and that, he's done a really, well, you've done a really, uh, a much better job this year than you have in the past. And, and, I, want, and I want everybody to know that, you know, I, I hear everybody, you know, I, I don't subscribe to websites. I, you know, I stopped subscribing to websites years ago, you know. You know what? Don't even bother looking at BFD rankings if you don't want to. If you're going to subscribe, subscribe to, to for the coaching tree. Subscribe for the other articles like the uh, strength of schedule breakdown. These are the things that lose strength, where lose strength lie. I'll be honest with you, and Lou knows this, I don't look at his rankings. I don't care what his rankings are. I mean, I, I'll look at them, but I have Tom my own Jones. rankings. I'll have my own rankings, and, and, and I'll, uh, you know, I'll use BFD for... Uh, uh, I'll get what I want to get out of BFD, which is use their coaching tree, the strength of schedule, some of the other articles to affect my ranking. Well, I appreciate well, the, uh, the the thoughts on the coaching tree. I love writing it. It's, uh, it takes a long time, but I think it's really cool for uh, for fantasy football players to you know step up their game, if you will, get get to know more about what what creates these stats. Like I said, rather than just look at the end result. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was talking to Scott just the other day, and I told him the same thing. I said, Scott, you you know, you you're a diehard just like everyone else, but I think you overlook the coaching aspect just a little bit. And he agreed, by the way, right, Scott? It is. It's it, it, it's you, you get enamored with the with the players and the rankings and the and the, the raw ability of these guys, and you don't like to think about the crafty old guy sitting on the line with the headset. You know, those aren't the, those aren't the guys. They don't have anything to do with this, right? Well, obviously they do. Um, and, and that's why if you have something, a tool like this, it, it can kind of put both those together and help you make the most of a, of a situation. Because for years, if you've noticed, you may be drafting better players, but you'll see the guys that are on these teams, these terrible teams that, you know, just like we brought up here earlier, they're behind. They're playing from behind all game. And, you know, you've got a guy just blowing up game after game, Nick Goings or something like that in Carolina, because that's the philosophy of John Fox is to run that ball and, Whoever's running the ball is going to get a lot of carries, and, and it doesn't really matter how good you are. You're in that offense, and you're plugged in. Well, so. and, and the other thing about the coaching tree, what, what to me that I found that was interesting, and I'm not going to give anything away, Lou. Don't worry. But, <laughs> but the thing that it does is it talks a lot about uh, which which part of the offense will get most of the attention. Let's as, as far as tight end. Is it a tight end heavy uh, offense? It is. Is it a, a two wide receiver uh, oriented offense, um, where you know the, the wide receivers, even though there may be a number one and a number two, 
let's say, in the case of uh, Kansas City we were just talking about, but it may be quite possible where the number one and the number two could get equal amount of catches or at least an equal amount of targets. So that that is where the coaching the coaching philosophy comes into play to a great extent, and that is something that you know a lot of us really don't don't really pay attention to. We see a guy like Dwayne Bowe, and we're like, okay, Dwayne Bowe, yeah, he's going to get 200, uh, well, not 200, but he's going to get 150 um, uh, targets. But meanwhile, here comes uh, Bradley out of nowhere, and he's got 130 right behind him. So, so that that's that's mm. really uh, that that's really where it comes into play. Hey, you know what? To evaluate the uh, coaching tree. Hey, Lou, uh, real quick, to evaluate the coaching tree when uh, when you had to deal with uh, Denver and all them running backs, that had to be a headache because uh, you know with all them guys, uh, it was just running back by committee, but you still knew who you know. You knew what Shanahan was going to do in Denver uh, with the running backs. Yeah, I, I, Denver is an, actually a really interesting team this year because uh, I believe I, I even pointed out in, in the write-up about them, you know, uh, the Josh McDaniels, the head coach, uh, and I'll tell you what, I, I'll be glad to give you a couple more. I know we said two, but Denver's a good one, and if you got another one, I'll even spend a little bit of time on that. Uh, Josh McDaniels was in New England when they drafted Lawrence Maroney to be the number one running back. They didn't, New England didn't want a running back by committee. They just ended up with the wrong running back to be their number one guy. Yeah. So, awesome. you know, uh, this year right. he goes out and he trades uh, Jay Cutler and picks up an extra first-round pick and drafts no Sean Marino. I think what he's saying to you is, I'd love to have a number one guy. I just didn't have the right guy after Corey Dillon in New England. Uh, you know, Bill Parcell, uh, Bill Belichick has never said, I want to run running back by committee. He's just pieced these guys together because that's what's worked for their team. And they had an excellent uh, run offense in 2008 in New England. We, as fantasy football players, just didn't get the benefit of it because it was so hard to figure it out. But they wanted the number one guy, which was Lawrence Maroney. So I think in Denver, uh, uh, you know, reading the tea leaves isn't all that difficult. They want no Sean Marino to be the guy. They brought in Buck Halter, a good player out of Philadelphia, who can catch passes, and I think he will. But Marino is the guy that I think Josh McDaniels is going to be leaning on for a number of different reasons, including the fact that he traded a, uh, uh, he, you know, traded a, 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 an outstanding quarterback and picked that, uh, that player with one of the choices that he, he received for it. Oh, well, let sure. me uh... – Real quick, uh, let me jump in and uh, throw another one at you, if, if you don't mind, Scott, uh, Lou, and Alex. I, I'd like to – I'm very interested in one team uh, in, in particular uh, with a new coach, and uh, speaking of coaching tree, uh, the New York Jets. I'm, I'm really interested in uh, what, you, what you're looking at there with uh, Sean Green possibly uh, behind uh, Thomas Jones and some other uh, – Aspects that they have with uh, Sanchez, so uh, I, I really, I, I really think that our listeners and uh, everybody would love to hear what you have to say about the Jets and their coaching tree and what might happen. Well, I don't think a lot will change there. Uh, I, I just think that you know Brian Schottenheimer was retained. He runs a weird offense, and when I say weird, it's uh, uh, it's a bit of a West Coast offense, and it's also a, a power running game that they look to run. So they don't really use the uh, the, the the same uh, principles you would expect. Of a, they use the uh, 
the short passing game of a West Coast offense, but a power running game out of like a Bill Parcells. Uh, because, you know, Schottenheimer being Marty right. Schottenheimer's son. Uh, and I think in an article I even mentioned it, you got Rob, uh, uh, Rex Ryan as the head coach, and Schottenheimer. If there, if there was a uh, silver spoon of coaching trees, these two, you know, have been fed, to say the least. Sure. But they, uh, I, I don't think a lot's going to change in New York. And, and I'm, as much as I like what they did to get Sean Green on the team, I think that was more about 2010 than it is about 2009. You know, they they got a guy they considered to be a top play running back. They traded up to get him, and and I just think that uh, in this offense he'll be used. But I still think it's the Thomas Jones show with a lot, a lot more of uh, of Leon Washington in this offense than we even saw last year, because they don't have a number two wide receiver on the team. So I think Schottenheimer is going to be relying on that West Coast offense. Uh, philosophy of getting the ball to the running back in the passing game. And I, I honestly, I don't think Rex Ryan has uh, uh, much of an impact on the offensive system in New York. Lou Tranquilli of BFDFantasy.com is with us tonight. Uh, Lou, we've got another caller. You've already went over the two teams. We appreciate that. Lou, uh, we've got a caller from the 901. 901, state your name and uh, ask your question. How you doing, Lou? This is Steve Carter of the 99ers. Very nice to, nice, nice to talk with you, Steve. Yeah, I I, uh, I won uh, the uh, second uh, place last year, top scores in my league in the FFPC, and I also got a goal. I got a watch uh, for winning the top score, and I did that from looking at your uh, website. So I appreciate that, and I want to thank you for that. Oh man, you know what? That is, Steve, uh, that, that is like the, the biggest thing about running a website that I, I just love. Uh, hearing stories like that and. Of course, we had Dave Gerzak, who was a subscriber, win $100,000, and yeah. Tom Yates win $100,000, and you right. finished second. It just, uh, I tell you, it, I thank you for that. I, thanks for subscribing, and I appreciate that, uh, uh, you know, that you did well. But your man, David T., trashed my team in a red versus blue, and I was so glad it wasn't you because originally I thought it was you, and Coyote uh, corrected me and said, no, that was David T., he criticized me for picking up uh, uh, Stewart along with D'Angelo Williams. I picked up Stewart in the fourth round because I think that's one of the, the best handcuffs you can get in the league. And uh, based on what they did last year, I don't see any difference this year. I checked out the Achilles tendon problem that Stewart had, and it's not that bad. And so I think we got a great tandem there, and I didn't think I could get a better handcuff than picking him up in the fourth round. I didn't think it was that bad. That reminds me of the old days when Larry Johnson was taken in the fifth round with, with Priest Holmes, and people who drafted Larry Johnson in the fifth went on to win their league and, and advance to the uh, to the championship round. Lou, what did you think of that? The uh, I'm sorry, one more time. You broke up a little bit on me there. Sorry. Uh, show, he took D'Angelo in the first and came back with Jonathan Stewart late in the fourth. And I said that reminded me of Larry Johnson, Priest Holmes. What do you think of that combination? Well, uh, listen, Jonathan Stewart, uh, 10 touchdowns last year. And, uh, you know, Jeff Davidson down in, in Carolina, the guy wants to run the football. He is he is another of the Bill Parcells disciples out out in the world of fantasy football. You, you, you know what you're getting there. Uh, listen, I don't, from, from a, you know, moving off the coaching tree standpoint, I've got a strategy I usually employ, but I, I don't see how you couldn't expect uh, a a really uh, good chance at 20-plus touchdowns out of those two running backs. 
there are weeks you'll be starting those two running backs, Steve. So uh, while I wouldn't like to pay that price for the two of them, certainly you, I, I think you're going to see uh, good production out of them this year. And, well, I guess, and now that you're on we have Alex. We have Alex on the line, and he used to employ this strategy all the time with wide receivers. So with Alex on here, Alex, do you think that's a, a working strategy with running backs as well? Uh, I do. I agree with Lou as far as uh, there comes a point in time where it becomes a little bit too much of a price to pay. Uh, it, to me, it's it's really all about value, and I'm handcuffing unless I absolutely must get this guy. Um, I guess Stewart could be that must get if you have D'Angelo, uh, but at the same time, in the fourth round, I could I, I could have you know I could be looking at another player who could himself end up in the top 10 or top 15 at his position. So in the fourth round, I am not looking to uh, to handcuff anybody. And by the way, just to go back to your question with Priest Holmes and, and uh, Larry Johnson, I was completely against that strategy uh, back then. And it was a bad strategy uh, for uh, about half a year until Larry Johnson took over and, and uh, rode uh, – rode their, uh, his team, his owners, well, the owners rode him to the championship. But prior to that, if you remember, I think it was, what, 2005 or was it 2004? I believe the, the first six or seven weeks of that, of that year, the two of them were splitting uh, carries, and neither one of them were producing top, uh, top, uh, top uh, running back numbers. That's correct. You know, guys, if I can uh, just jump back in on one guy that you brought up earlier, if you don't mind, uh, LaShawn McCoy down in Philadelphia. Sure. I'm not quite as high on him as others because uh, this West Coast offense that Andy Reid runs is extremely difficult for uh, running backs to pick up. And, and a guy that uh, they traded for before the season started last year was Lorenzo Booker, expecting him to be a, uh, a good backup for uh, uh, a good uh, backup for uh, Brian Westbrook. And it really didn't happen. And the reason I don't I believe the reason it didn't happen is because uh, playing in this West Coast offense, they ask the running back to uh, to do a lot of different things, and it's really tough to pick up. But I think the best you could hope for for Adam McCoy, if he is getting on the field because Westbrook is out, he he'll be the pass catching guy. So I think in a PPR league, he's your guy. But they they picked up uh, Leonard Weaver out of Seattle, and that's a guy that I would I would definitely keep an eye on the use. Of Leonard okay. Weaver uh, this uh, this preseason. Steve, did you have another question there? I, I accidentally cut you off. Well, no, that's okay. Uh, other than picking up Stewart and uh, D'Angelo, I also got Kurt Warner, Bolden, and uh, Colson. So uh, I felt I had a solid team, and uh, you and I talked about it. And that was the little thing I told you when we talked the day before the draft. I told you I had a little surprise, and uh, D'Angelo and Stewart was the surprise, and I think it's going to work out. And when it happens, all these people that are saying I'm wrong, buy me a drink next time I come to Vegas. <laughs> You're doing just fine, Steve. Congrats on the win, man. Or at least and, the second place. And, Steve, this is Alex. Uh, you know, I think you could do just – you could do great. I think if the rest of your draft was solid, um, I, I don't think it's a, a mistake to do what you did. Uh, it's really a matter of preference. Uh, first of all, if those two guys, like Lou said, scored 20, 25 touchdowns, you certainly didn't make a mistake. If uh, 
uh, D'Angelo Williams goes down for, you know, a few games and you're starting Stewart and getting 25 points a game out of him, you certainly didn't make a mistake. So, right. yeah, if the rest of your team's panning out, Warner's doing great, Bolden, you're, you're doing just fine. And Alex, that's what I was thinking about. You know, it, it's a, the guys that go a little bit out of the box, sometimes they're the ones that win the whole thing. And that was my plan, and I got my plan, and things worked out pretty much the way I wanted. And if it was right, then I'm going to win. And if it was wrong, I'm going to learn. There you go. Eyes wide open. At least that, that's the right way to approach it. Well, thanks Great for coming, Steve. Bye. That's, uh, that's some loyal subscribers chiming in uh, there for you, Lou. Hey, we've got a couple of minutes left. Let me hit – talk about the Comdex, Lou. Everybody uh, sure. who doesn't know about the Comdex, what's, what's that? Well, uh, this year, uh, BFDFantasyFootball.com decided to give our subscribers one other tool to work with, and that, you know, as much as I love average draft position, the ADP, uh, I thought it would be even more valuable to get an idea of what other fantasy football players are thinking beyond just ADP. So uh, what we've done, and, uh, of course, we remove all, uh, all content that is uh, copywritten from anybody, so uh, no names, but we go to uh, websites, we take their rankings, and we compare them to BFD rankings, then give an average player ranking. I'm sorry, we compare them to each other, give an average of what other sites are ranking a player at, and then compare it to the BFD ranking, and then give you average draft position. So the idea is get a feel for what other uh, websites are telling their subscribers. So you know, you know if you need to reach for a guy, uh, because they, it's looking like he's you know, ranked number 10, where we might have him number 14, so you can get a good feel for where you might have to go up and, and grab a guy or let a guy slide down because you've got a good idea what other, other websites are telling their subscribers. So it's a great way to compare uh, rankings along with Mo uh, Mock Draft Central providing the average draft position. So... Uh, the Comdex is, uh, it's, I've gotten a, a number of emails on it already about how useful it is to just get a, get a feel for what the fantasy community is thinking about particular players. And uh, a good example would be a guy like D'Angelo Williams, where some people think he's going to fall, other think, others think he's going to maintain that, uh, that same performance that he had last year. And it's amazing, you know, when you, when you get a, a list of rankings together like that and you're in a live draft uh, in Vegas, and you see somebody think out of the box and take a guy, you know, maybe 10 or 15 spots down on the ADP, for some reason you get a giggle and you feel like you're getting a steal in value elsewhere based on those rankings. Isn't that amazing how that works? Oh, totally agree. Yes, totally agree. Uh, I, I, I'm, I, I appreciate average draft positions, but it just doesn't, uh, it doesn't do it for me. If I want a guy, I go get him. That's, that's, uh, yep. that's, how, I, that's how I use ADP. Well, we've got one minute left. This has been a great show. It's just a, it's just a, a tease for what is on this uh, in this coaching tree. And and Lou, we appreciate you coming on, giving us more than what we uh, we agreed to. Thanks for that. There's 32 teams. They're all broke down on the coaching tree. And uh, go ahead and plug the site one last time, and uh, we're we're off. We're out of here. BFDFantasyFootball.com. Thanks a lot, go Lou. There. All right, thank up, you, guys. Get, your, get everything that uh, Lou has to offer. We appreciate Lou being on the show. And, uh, Mike, it was another great show. Independence Day right around the corner. We're about one minute away. Uh, Mike, uh, you're thankful for your freedom. Thank yep. you for the opportunity to earn and to uh, raise a family in this great country. And uh, spend it with your family tomorrow. 
Have a great time. Eat a lot and uh, and say a prayer. This is Red versus Blue. Chad Johnson? I'm telling you. That's not even close. It's not. I, I don't know why they do it. What, you know, I, I Chad, don't understand. Chad Johnson could be a beast this year. Sure. Well, I did make. I did pull off a trade earlier this week. I traded Fred Jackson and Martellus Bennett in a dynasty league. I saw league. that. Fred Jackson I and Martellus that. Bennett for Jordy Nelson and Vasanti Shenko. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, you, you got my boy, didn't you? I did. I, that, I was in, uh, hyper three. that was in Hyper 3. That was in Hyper 3. I think you're going to be, uh, you know, pleased with uh, Shianko. The one thing, uh, I don't know, I'm having a problem with 
misdirected trades or uh, making – I don't know if you saw my post on uh, on Hyper 2 about uh, if you make a mistake. Uh, you know, there ought to be a penalty. Yeah, it's a good, it's an option. It's a good idea. You know, I uh, I, I had one of those earlier in the week um, where I saw that on the list. Uh, we've had three or four trades back and forth involving Mike Walker. Three or four trades back and forth involving Mike Walker. Walker decline, 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 decline. I come back with an offer and he accepts it within minutes. And I look on my team. I'm like, oh wow, he accepted the deal. Cool. And I look down and it's Mike Wallace. Yeah, you're trading a newsman. I put You're trading a news fan. I put Mike Wallace in there, and I'm like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Oh. The fact that he even accepted it was just a little, a little off in my book. You know, knowing that we've been talking about Mike Walker, what's it take to get Mike Walker? And you know, he had them both. He had Walker and Wallace are sitting right beside each other. What are you doing with Mike Wallace on your team? I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's a good question. You know, I had another trade. Man, I'll tell you, we're, we're in some of these dynasty leagues, and we just take an overboard. There's a league I'm in, Mike, that uh, drafts. It's called uh, Backyard Brawl, and they have a developmental draft every year. So after the rookie draft, you have what's called, before the season starts, you have what's called the developmental draft. And in this uh-huh. draft uh, are guys that we drafted last year. I mean, we had Percy Harvin. I had Percy Harvin, LaShawn McCoy. You know, Crabtree went, Moreno, um, uh, Beanie Wells went number two. I think uh, DeMarco Murray from Oklahoma, another running back, he went early. These are guys, and you hold on to them for a year. You can't touch them. They're just sitting there. Right. And then if they declare for the NFL draft, they're on your team. If they don't declare, you can choose to hold them. They can occupy another spot. Uh, it, it's one of those that really gets you a year closer to college football uh, and, and looking at those players that are in, in, in the college and not ready to even come out of the league yet or into the league. But, uh, you know, now you're looking at Des Bryant as this uh, wide receiver phenom out of Oklahoma State. He just looks fantastic as a, last year, uh, just a beast with speed. And uh, he's a top player. Uh, Aurelius Ben, another wide receiver, is a top player. And then you've got this Javid Best. Javid Best is a running back. I, I encourage you to YouTube him, Mike. Uh, J-A-H-V-I-D, J-A-H-V-I-D, best, B-E-S-T. If you can get your hands good? on the top, if you can get your hands on a top running back next year, uh, this is one to have um, out of Cal. But uh, you're you're really going to be amazed when you watch this kid uh, on the YouTube highlights. But uh, I don't know. I, I get an offer every once in a while. You know, I got a Brett Favre offer the other day. Brett Favre. I have Brandon Tate, a rookie wide receiver. Somebody said, hey, I'll give you Brett Favre for Brandon Tate. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to think about that. You know, these are just so. Sometimes you get these dynasty trades. You're just like you just scratching your head. You know. Well, I've been. Uh, I've had a lot of offers uh, out of Hyper Two that uh, I just, you know, they look attractive. But my Hyper Two team, I'm not going to touch. And you know, I should be hyperactive about you know, maybe trading, but uh, in Hyper 2, I'm not touching that thing at all. Yeah. Uh, Hyper 3, I'll, I'll be more than willing to uh, deal with anybody, but uh, not you, in Hyper 2. You have in a Hyper 2, you have a little bit of a weakness at tight end. You have Heath Miller as your tight end. Yeah. Uh, he could develop. You've got Reggie Wayne, Lance Moore, Jericho Cotchery, and then uh, Camarillo off the bench, Chancey Stuckey maybe as a spot starter. Your running backs, you can go four deep in this league, and you have Steve Slayton, 
Lendale White, Brandon Jacobs, Tim Hightower, and Cedric Benson. Pretty deep there. And Aaron Rodgers, at quarterback. So, yeah, you're sitting pretty. Uh, you know, I, I guess you don't want to come off of Steve Slayton, but if I offered you Maurice Jones-Drew or Steve Slayton, and uh, I'd have to throw in a little something else. I don't know what else it would be, but uh, yeah, I don't see a, I don't see a good fit. Maybe an upgrade to Aaron Rodgers. You know, I'll no, maybe upgrade on, upgrade on the uh, wide receiver end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe I could use a, I could use a Reggie Wayne or something. I, I throw you back. Uh, you know, like a Hoosman daughter or something. I don't know. No. 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 Okay. Well, we, we try. We try. We, you know, we can't, we can't expect to, to pull off a, a dynasty trade on every show. But, uh, Mike, hey, happy Independence Day. Enjoy it with your family. Uh, I know you you probably got to go into the office for a little while tomorrow and tell all the guys we yep. said hey. And I'm going to be working tomorrow. We're going to uh, we're going to help out some uh, veterans tomorrow, and uh, it's always been a big day. July Fourth has always been a big day, sure. so I I can't I can't wait to uh, get in there and uh, set some records. Yeah, for the American Homeless Veterans, um, they have a, a, a website, Circle of Friends for American Veterans. I, I think they're at uh, what's what's their website, Mike? Do you remember? Vetsvision dot org. V e t s e i s i o n dot org. There it is, Vetsvision dot org. Um, Go to that site, and uh, tomorrow. Uh, I remember two years ago when I walked into work, I was uh, apprehensive about working July fourth. I walked in, and it was amazing the amount of uh, uh, participation that we had and what was happening. So, uh, you know, I've kind of carried that over, so I can't wait to to work a rare Saturday, but I'm looking forward to it, uh, and the whole group is uh, looking forward to it as well. Yep, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and Facebook it right now and add Vet Vision uh, to support the uh, fight against homeless veterans in our country. Yep. Um, it, it, it's a major catastrophe to see how many homeless veterans are sleeping on our American streets every single night. Uh, and this uh, Circle of Friends for American Veterans uh, provides programs and supports programs that, that uh, keep veterans drug and alcohol free. They have a very high success rate for their programs uh, that, that give them the proper good. shelter and food uh, that they urgently need and deserve. So. Uh, go and check out vetsvision.org and support them in a very big way, and, and, and you'll be glad you did. So, Mike, thanks for the show tonight, and uh, we'll see everybody next week. Sounds good, Scott. You've been listening to Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. <laughs>